For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All righty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Jam-packed. Monday edition of New York, New York. But yours truly, JJ Johnson Stremski. In one piece, we survived the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. We survived the Borgata Atlantic City. We live to tell about it. The voice might be a little hoarse, but this event just gets me. It gets me year after year after year. And I know there are a lot of folks who don't watch a lot of college basketball throughout the regular season. That's fine. That's what makes March Madness so great. You hop in, you fall in love with storylines, you fall in love with some drama like we had. It's funny, we almost started rocking with about eight minutes left in this Arizona TCU game because it looked like Arizona was going to pull away. They're up nine. I even suggested to Steph, I go, you know what? Let's get going in a few minutes. This game's over. Thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't. Between the drama at the end of the game, how they don't call a foul on Arizona, I have no idea. How Arizona does not end up scoring there at the end. I mean, crazy, crazy. And they end up winning the game. Maturin, however you say his name, the kid was an absolute stud. I mean, made every big play for Zona. And they're number one seed. They're going to Sweet 16. That late game always gives you the most drama. I say it all the time. That 940 Sunday night tip, since they've gone to this schedule, always leads to the most insane amount of drama. So the NCAA tournament first weekend naturally didn't disappoint. But if you had... On your bingo card, the Cinderella of Cinderella's would be Shaheen Holloway's 
St. Peter's Peacocks. If you had that on selection Sunday and you had St. Peter's going to the second week in the NCAA tournament, maybe you got to play a lot. Maybe I got to bring you to Vegas when I'm out there for the Final Four because you'll make me a boatload of cash. Holy moly, Paige. St. Peter, uh, Peter's is in a Sweet 16. Think about it. Locally, we have this small school from Jersey City out of the MAC beating Kentucky and beating Murray State and doing so in a way where it's not shocking. They deserve to beat Kentucky the other night. They outplayed them. They outlasted them. Murray State wasn't ready for them. They had the lead basically the entire game. They put pressure on you. They hit some big shots. They're clearly well coached. And the idea that In our backyard here in Jersey City, we have a 15 seed with the resources of their athletic department beating a program like Kentucky and then following up with a win over Murray State. They'll go down, listen, as one of the all-time great Cinderella's. You're going to remember UMBC forever. You're going to remember Dunk City and Florida Gulf Coast forever. Around here, New York City, we're going to remember St. Peter's forever. No matter what they do against Purdue, this NCAA tournament has everything that you could want going into the second weekend. I say it all the time. You never want to have a situation where you have crazy upsets all across the board because then eh, the matchups aren't as good. The storylines aren't as good. Think about the storylines you have going into next weekend. Coach K and Duke, who barely survived against Michigan State today, down one with five minutes ago. Paolo was off out of his mind today. I saw him stink up to join the ACC tournament. He was out of his mind today. Duke hit every big shot. They made every big play down the stretch. And I'm pretty sick because I had Michigan State plus the points. That was absolutely disgusting. But you have Duke and Krzyzewski's last year. You have Gonzaga trying to win their first national title. Trying to avenge the Duke loss from earlier this year. Might have to wait on Gonzaga and Duke in the round of eight because Duke's an underdog, believe it or not. But you have that as a storyline. Amazing. You got Carolina UCLA, two of the most storied programs in college basketball. They're playing in a Sweet 16 game. Kansas is there against Providence. Providence continues to screw me. What else is new? Villanova's there. Michigan is there with everything that went on with Juwan Howard this year. And by the way, the folks, and John Howard was dead wrong. He deserved the suspension. You got a taste and a sense for what kind of guy John Howard is. If you watched him with the kid in Tennessee at the end of the game, John Howard's a stand-up guy. People around the NBA would tell you that. I'm glad John Howard is back coaching. I hope he learned his lesson. Seems like a good dude. But, you know, the cat calls were out to fire him two or three weeks ago. So I'm glad he's coaching. Full disclosure. And then you have Houston and Arizona, two teams that are mirror images of one another. This is a great, great, Great second week in the NCAA tournament. And to cap it all off, we have a local Jersey City product, the unthinkable Cinderella against Ivy and Purdue. I can't wait for these games. Some years you go into the Sweet 16, you're like, Andy, you like the matchups? This is one of those years I love the matchups. And the games this weekend were great. Baylor and North Carolina was, to me, the two best games of the weekend. 
thinking about it now. I shoot it with three. Baylor, Carolina, after Maddox got ejected, everyone at the sports book is losing their mind if you had Carolina. Because to be up 25, to be plus five and a half, have the game go to overtime against the one seed, I thought they were cooked. I know Carolina was absolutely cooked. Don't know what Hubert Davis was doing at the end of the game. Looked like a guy who'd never seen his team handle a press before. They survived. They showed some stones in overtime. They survived. Give Penny Hardaway and Memphis credit, too. They battled their asses off against Gonzaga. They were physical. They were athletic. They were tough. Timmy was too much. And I know Chet Holmgren, poor spacer, NBA body, shooting touch. You're watching Chet Holmgren for the second or third time. Did that look like a number one pick to you? I know he could bulk up. I know you don't need to be 6'7 and 3'10 to play in the NBA. Skinny guys could shoot it, have pretty good track record. We know that. But I wasn't watching that Gonzaga-Memphis game saying, oh, I can't, I, I can't wait to take Chet Holmgren. I, I didn't think that. But what do I know? I'm not an NBA scout. The Memphis game was great. I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, this Arizona game tonight with TCU. And if you're TCU, let's be honest, you are not going to be getting a whole lot of sleep. You're not going to be getting a whole lot of sleep. But for folks who want to spit on the NCAA tournament, and look, NBA basketball, to try to compare the quality of play, it's impossible. You can't do it. So there are always going to be folks that look to kind of throw cold water on the college tournament because they're like, eh, the, the, you know, you got kids. Yeah, Arkansas basically not cover a spread, holding their opponent to under 50 points. I get that. These four days, though, you can't top that, in my opinion. You just can't. The wall-to-wall action, the drama, the theater, and now the second weekend is going to live up to it. So I'm going to be into this. I'm rooting hard for St. Peter's. I'm rooting hard for my UCLA and my Kansas futures. And we got a little skin in the game. And for Seton Hall, who got absolutely punked, embarrassed, no-show against TCU in the first game, Shahina Holloway coming full circle and coaching Seton Hall after this run wraps up. Kevin Willard probably going to Maryland. Pretty sweet if you ask me. I would take that if I'm a Seton Hall fan. I think that's like the next best alternative. And if you watch them on Friday night, it was pretty clear. Kevin Willard kind of gave the impression that he had one foot out the door. With the way his team played, with the way he sounded after the game, that was a coach who had one foot out the door. Tough to win the NCAA tournament if that's the case. So I can't wait to pick these games. I'm not going to do any of that today. We'll do that on Ringer Gambling. I need a day to let it marinate. Right now, I'm like, not there. If you're asking me who am I picking the Sweet 16, boom. Ask me on Tuesday. Right now, I'm going to go in the lab. I'm going to take Monday off. I'm going to clear the mechanism. You remember that from For the Love of the Game? Clear the mechanism. And then we're going to be back on the saddle ready to rock. Now, speaking of ready to rock. The way this year works out in sports, it's amazing, especially here for us in New York. We get to go right from tournament, second weekend, final four, boom, right into baseball. I actually like it better this way, to be honest with you. You know, I don't like when baseball starts the Thursday of final four weekend because then it kind of overshadows the final four. I don't need that. Let me enjoy the final four. Selfishly, I'm going to be in Vegas this year for it. So that way I can really enjoy a pillow to post. Watch the game Monday night, boom, come back, and we got baseball on the horizon. Great. The Carlos Correa contract bothered me the other day. And from folks I talked to, 
who are very close to the situation around the Yankees. The sense I get is that there are a lot of Yankee players and there was a lot of Yankee brass that wanted nothing to do with Carlos Correa. But when I saw him get a three-year contract with one-year opt-outs from the Minnesota Twins, my reaction when I saw that late in the night on Friday, why weren't the Yankees in them? I think we got our answer. It's not money. It's not money. Because I think if the Yankees really wanted Carlos Correa, they would have gotten Carlos Correa. That bad blood, those hostilities, might have been too tough a wound to heal. My two cents. Be that as it may. Would I rather have Carlos Correa on this team than Josh Donaldson? And I like Donaldson. Yes, of course. His age, he's a badass, the whole deal. And you have to keep wondering, are the Yankees a better team than what they were at the end of 2021? I think they're marginally better. Now, for those who want me to go nuts about Trevor Story signing with the Red Sox, I would have liked Trevor Story on a one-year deal, on a two-year deal. The minute I saw that contract from Boston, I said they can have him. And for what it's worth, I would rather Trevor Story on the Boston Red Sox next season than Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, who killed the Yankees, left-handed, clutch. I'm glad he's playing in Philadelphia this year. So they're going to have a Story Bogarts middle infield. Red Sox will be athletic. They'll be well-run. American League East is going to be a beast. Is going to be a fucking beast. When you think about Toronto and Tampa and Boston, Yankees got their work cut out. And Brian Cashman making the Josh Donaldson, Roger Clemens personality comparison and what Roger Clemens brought to the Yankees. Cash better be right on that. Because that is the sort of sort of, sort of culture shock that the Yankees need. They need Donaldson to go in there and be a badass and need him to play. Because the way I see the Yankees, folks, they're better. They're not that much better. And that didn't look like a team last year where you said, wow. World Series. I didn't see it. A lot of guys who underperformed have to get back to performing. A lot of ifs. A lot of question marks across the board. Not shedding tears on story. Little annoyed about Correa. But with Correa, not money. Personality driven. So, buckle up, folks. This offseason now is like finally wrapped up. I guess we're waiting on Conforto from a Mets standpoint. Mets, I know, would love to add another, you know, Depth piece if they could, but Mets are in good shape. Tell you this, with Buck there, with Scherzer there, I like their offseason a heck of a lot more than I like my offseason. So it is what it is. I can't wait for baseball. Ah, oh, the belly aching. Boone. Bullpen use. Off days. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. All right, we'll get some voicemails out of the gate. I'll tell you the game that I'm looking forward to the most in the Sweet 16. It's actually an easy call for me. It's like a no doubt. We'll see actually if Stefan can guess. The game that I am looking forward to the most in the Sweet 16, and uh, for anybody who got stuck in the Knicks, we'll get into that. Some effort tonight against the Utah Jazz. All right, voicemails when we return. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value 
with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, so before we get to voicemails, and if you want to get in touch with New York, New York, 917-382-1151. We're going to have a lot cooking between the next two weeks. We'll have baseball futures. We'll have all the predictions. We'll have all the people you want to hear getting you ready for the Yankees, getting you ready for the Mets across the board. All right, Stefan, if you had a guess out of any of the Sweet 16 matchups, which one is yours truly looking forward to the most? Do you think you know? Uh, I don't know. Let me let, 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 um, I'm going to go, UNC, UCLA. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. See, you know me well, bro. You know me well. That's what happens when you work with me all the time. Yeah. And it's, and if you look at the game, like, as it's going, like, that's probably like the most competitive game, probably outside of Houston, Arizona next week. Well, and here's what I like about it. You got two ultimate blue bloods. UCLA in their history, North Carolina in their history. You have two teams that play real fun style of basketball, up and down the court, fun, easy on the eyes, that sort of deal. And the kicker, Stefan, is that I have UCLA to win this region, and I have UCLA at 25-1 to to win the national title. So my heart is going to save Bruins. Will okay. my head say Bruin by Thursday? I'm not ready to go there yet, dude. I'm not making any picks today. I'm not ready. It's too raw. I'm not there yet. So wait, you're willing to hedge your own championship bet at this point? Uh, you're considering? Maybe, maybe. Um, okay. Uh, maybe. I don't. I I have not committed to anything right now. All right. right now, I am just enjoying Sunday night, having a little fun on New York, New York, and we will decide come Tuesday. Tuesday okay. or Wednesday, the official decision will be made. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, are you annoyed, by the way, seeing the Carlos Correa concert? I, uh, so I seen it in the middle of the night on Friday, and I was just like, the whole Minnesota the whole Twins, idea. I was like, what the fuck? I said, where did that come from? Exactly. You know? So the Twins, so like when you really think about it, right, the Twins basically hustled the Yankees, right? They made us take Donaldson's buddy. And then they go use that Donaldson $50 million to give Carlos Correa $100 million and trade Mitch Garver when we need a catcher to get the shortstop to take Gary Sanchez. It was just like, we got hustled by the Minnesota Twins. I I, I don't know. I'm just, I never thought I would grow up and see the Yankees become this franchise at From this stage of my life. From an optics standpoint, I understand yeah. a lot of that. But don't you get the sense they wanted nothing to do with Carlos Correa? I get it. I get that they didn't want anything to do with Correa, but 
you still, like, you need something. You need a little pop. You need some kind of superstar to add with Judge and Stan. Like, the Yankees are not fearful anymore. The AL East has gotten better. They actually might be the worst team in the AL East if we're looking. Well, outside of Baltimore, of course. Can't forget about the Orioles. Who well, actually, the Orioles, yes. Yeah, we're not even counting them as a part of the division, which I understand. Out of the, you could make an argument, totally fair, that as the way things currently shake out on, what is today now, March the 21st, the Yankees are a fourth-place team going into the year. Might be a playoff team, Stefan, but a fourth-place team nonetheless. That's scary because they're marginally better. I can't say they're significantly better than what they were last year. No chance. Can't do it. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little more grace to Cashman and, and Steinbrenner. They haven't shown any, any changes, but I'll give them a little grace. If they bring in Montez and Manaya. I can live with all of the moves. If we bring that in one of those pitchers, I, I, can, I would feel a lot better about the, the, the... All right, now we have a third pitcher. We have a decent starting lineup. It, it's something to fight with. It, it gives you a little bit more, like, I don't know, a little bit more uh, courage going into the season, I would say. Stephon, let me tell you somebody. The Yankees better get off to a good start because the fan base is not in particularly good spirits. I think they have soured on this team over the last two years. They better get off to a good start. If the Yankees go and give you one of those 11 and 15, 11 and 16 starts to the year, uh, you're, you're going to be in for some comedy, but uh, the voicemail line is going to get a little insufferable, my man. Just a yeah. little food for thought. The first weekend will tell us everything. Yankees Red Sox will tell us everything we need to know about this team. Wow, look at you jumping at three. I was going to give you at least the 26 game conclusion. You're saying three games. No, it will let us games. know everything we need to know about this team. I'm look pretty at you. Sure. I love I love the bold take. I love it. All right, voicemail time. Let's get to the magic. Steph, hit me, baby. So, JJ, James from North Carolina. Haven't called in a while. Been frustrated with Hal and Cash for a long time now. And I got to tell you, today's the tipping point for me. I wake up, open the MLB app, and I see the Minnesota Twins, the, the titans of the high payroll, right? The Minnesota freaking Twins can afford to pay Carlos Correa. And, and they don't pay him some monstrous contract. They pay him three years, barely over $100 million. And you're telling me that how Tightwad Steinbrenner couldn't pay that. I don't want to hear about Volpe, okay? I understand. Maybe he's the next Derek Jeter. But maybe he's the next Jesus Montero. Maybe he's the next Severino. Maybe he's the next Greg Bird. Do we need to go down the list of misses from these guys that we were told were can't miss uh, prospects? This is a disgrace. This is an embarrassment. We could have got Carlos Correa for three years, just over $100 million. I need someone to explain this to me. This is a disgrace to everything that is or was the Yankee Empire. How needs to go. Cashman needs to go. I want a fresh start. Get these bombs out of here. I feel your pain, James, because, listen, if you're a younger Yankee fan, you maybe did not get the late 90s the way I got to experience the late 90s. Listen, from Yankee standards, and I know I'm going to sound like a little bit of a spoiled brat. That's fine. I root for the Dolphins and the Knicks, so I could sound like a spoiled brat. The last 10 years have been tough. From Yankee standards, yeah. It's okay to acknowledge that. I think the Yankees want to win. The idea that they don't want to win, I don't look at it that way. They want to win at a cost. And they run their team in a very business-like fashion, something they did not do going back in the Steinbrenner days. 
Then this Correa element, you have to keep in mind before you just say, oh, the Yankees got poi, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they ever had a legitimate interest in Carlos Correa. I don't. I don't know if this was available for the Yankees on these one-year deals. Who the hell knows? But the sense I get, they probably didn't want. Because for Correa to go to the Twins, it's, it's a very weird signing. It's weird. And on the surface, you say, yeah, the Twins were able to go and get Carlos Correa because they don't have Josh Donaldson's salary. Sure, it looks that way on the surface. Yankees may have said, we were never in on Carlos Correa. And if we weren't in on Josh Donaldson, we might have been on somebody else. Don't know what Brian Cashman's thinking. Here's what I do know. Josh Donaldson can't play 50 games for this team this year. I like him as a player. I always have, always will. He had better play. And he had better be a difference maker. Because in many ways, the Yankees hitched their offseason wagon to that and a lot of bounce backs from guys who are currently on this roster. And am I in love with it? No. Not in the least. All right, who's next? JJ, Justin from Miami. How do I look at this Correa deal and not view it as a total indictment of Brian Cashman being asleep at the wheel with the Yankees? This is not a, we're not talking about giving him a six or seven year deal or being concerned that he's going to block the path of Volpe. But you had a chance to get one of the elite players in baseball for a year or two at basically the price that you're paying Josh Donaldson. And it's like they didn't even weren't aware this is a possibility. The only thing I can take into this is that they didn't even contact Carlos Correa. Because if they contacted Correa at all, okay, then he, his agent probably would have said, you know, it doesn't have to be six or seven years. My agent would consider it, my client would consider a short-term deal. So the only re- re- thing I take from this is the Yankees didn't just not get Correa, but they expressed zero interest in him because if they contacted him at all, I have a hard time believing that Correa's agent would say, let's not give the Yankees the deal we offered the Twins. Instead, my guess is he probably called up the Yankees who didn't bother to pick up the phone because they figured they didn't want to spend eight or nine years. And you know what? As a result, we missed out a chance to get an elite player on a short-term deal and what's the worst that happens? He tears it up for a year, or he's bad for a year, and he just walks. I mean, this is this is really hard to defend. Uh, I'd love to get your take on it. I would have loved Carlos Correa on a short-term deal. I'm not in a Yankee clubhouse. I've seen guys play on enemy teams and find a way to make it work. The Yankees were not in on Carlos Correa. Do I think it's financially driven? No, not really. Look at what they're paying Josh Donaldson over the next two years. I do not think it was like, oh, cheap Yankees, at it again. Don't see it. In this particular situation, I don't see it that way. I don't. I think you hit on something in your call that's pretty spot on. I don't think there was much interest. I think there might have been some lukewarm conversations, a little back and forth here and there, but... I don't think the Yankees were seriously in on the idea of bringing Correa to this team. And if he would have been willing to take a short-term deal, would I have preferred it to Donaldson? Yes. That was not the case. Not good vibes going into this Yankee season. Now, that's not to say season is a lost cause, because guess what? You get in the playoffs, anybody can win. 
I've seen that in baseball. The Atlanta Braves lost Ronald Acuna last year for the season in the middle of July and won the World Series. The Washington Nationals were, I don't know, eight, nine games under 500 in late May in 2019. I watched them against the Mets. They got swept four straight games. They stunk to the point where I was suggesting they should fire their manager. That's how bad it was. Because remember, they think about it, Dusty Baker. They hired Davey Martinez. First year, not so good. Got off to a bad start in 19. And what happened? They won the World Series. Why do I bring this up? Getting the playoffs in baseball. It's not the NBA. It's not getting in the dopey playing and thinking that you're going to go all the way to a championship unless, you know, you have a net situation. Right? You know. A lot of different circumstances are in play, if you know what I mean. You get in the playoffs in baseball, you got a shot. Especially if you have top flight, top level talent. The Yankees are going this year. The Yankees are not going in this year saying, oh, they're going to be a 71 team or they're going to be an 81 team. They better win north of 90 games. But we've seen the weaknesses of the way they've built the roster the last few years. Where they've been playoff good, not anywhere close to being championship good, and stepping further away from that and not closer to that. And I remember hearing my favorite Yankee manager, Aaron Boone, say, yeah, the league has closed the gap on us in Boston, which was a comical quote. Because the league has been running circles around the Yankees from a championship standpoint. And we have to improve that every which way in the offseason. And have they done that from what I've seen? No. They still could win 90-plus games. Still could win the World Series. You add Montez Manaya, you make some moves in July. Like, uh, yeah, to, to say there's no hope, no chance of that is irrational. But I'm not in love with their offseason, and I'm not in love with the team they're going to put on the field. Yeah, I'm holding it to a high standard, but that's what we do here in New York. It's amazing. I never thought I'd be living in a world where the Mets fan would go into spring training with not much to complain about, and the Yankee fan has everything to complain about. It's, it's, it's very strange. You have to understand, it's it's very, very strange for me. Okay, who's next? John, this is Nick in Newtown. Look, in, in 2018, for some reason, the Yankees passed on Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, despite the fact that both of those guys were begging to wear pinstripes. You fast forward to this year, you pass on Scherzer, you pass on Freeman, you pass on Seager. How many future Hall of Famers in their prime are we going to pass on? It's another B-level offseason. You know, the mandate used to be, Field a World Series team. Now the mandate apparently is field a wild card team. Really disappointing all the stars that were out there this year, and we didn't sign any of them. So really frustrated. I understand that. Disappointing offseason. Now, let me make something clear about the Machado Harper stuff. And I remember talking about this at the time. I thought Machado was a terrible fit for the Yankees. Struck out way too much. Had a shortstop in place. Remember, when the Yankees were talking about adding Manny Machado, remember where they were as a franchise. You had Glaber Torres coming off of all-star caliber rookie year. Second base shortstop. Didn't know his position yet. Second base shortstop. You still had Didi Gregorius on the team. Good player. Good Yankee. Tommy John surgery. Final year, went to shit. You still had Miguel Andujar who was the runner-up of the Rookie of the Year. That was your infield at the time. So I kind of looked at it. I said, Machado, $300 million, doesn't fit the team. And oh, by the way, the Yankees went and signed DJ LeMayu, 
who was not good, great in 19 and 20. Not good, great. Not so good last year. First two years, how would anybody complain about DJ LeMay? Harper was the guy to be. He had an edge to him. Lefty. Father idolized the Nick. I always envisioned Bryce Harper would be the guy that they would have made a run at. For some reason, that did not happen. I know Harper rubbed some people the wrong way, and maybe they were worried about their club. Those are all nonsensical complaints. Harper was the guy to go and get. They didn't get him. And he's been a beast with the Phillies. So from that standpoint, that, in a nutshell, is where you wonder, well, they had Cole. They had no problem paying Cole. I think they're going to have no problem paying Judge. I think that's going to be a conversation we start to have over the next week or so. Will the Yankees extend Aaron Judge? I think they have to. He's the leader. He's the face of the franchise. Judge's chambers. The money he makes. Him. They're resigning Aaron Judge. I think he means too much to do. They can still do that. But the Yankees used to just roll all sorts of money around at any one of their problems. They don't operate the way they did in the mid-2000s. Sometimes for the better. Most times, though, for the worse. There was one free agent I would have wanted on this team. It probably would have been Seager or Freeman. Seager would have cost you eight, nine years. I thought there was a good chance the Yankees were going to do it. They didn't do it. Freeman, I didn't want it all. I know some are going to say, oh, J.J., you're copping out for the Yankees. You could have blown them away the way they blew C.C. Sabathia away. I think Freddie Freeman wanted to be a Dodger. And when you hear he had offers that were more elsewhere, it makes you think. So, I'm okay with Rizzo. I am. Like, there are elements of this Yankee offseason I'm okay with, but is it an A-list offseason? And is what you would describe as a difference-making offseason? It is not. It is not. The Mets, to me, had a difference-making offseason. Scherzer, Showalter, Marte. Yeah, that's difference-making. The Yankees? Nah, a little bit more close to the status quo. And that's problematic. All right, when we come back, we'll set the stage for the week and get any hope about getting suckered back into the final, like, 10 games in the next season. Uh, I think that came to an end on Sunday. We'll come right back. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. So I'll give the Knicks this. The last couple weeks, they have played a lot better. It is the classic scenario of too little, too late. So, with the Hawks coming to town on Tuesday, there was this sentiment, oh, if they can, they can beat Utah on Sunday, then all of a sudden, maybe it will set the stage for Tuesday being 
a game with a little intrigue and drama at Madison Square Garden. That went out the window after Donovan Mitchell just destroyed the Knickerbockers. And that's why when we have these chats about if there's a star I can get in New York to play at Madison Square Garden, that's the guy. I know he's on the contract, but when he's got his dad working for the Mets and, you know, he's got all these connections to New York City, I mean, I'd kill have Donovan Mitchell on my team as he goes for 36 points tonight. I'd kill have Donovan Mitchell. Guy's an absolute stud. I'll tell you who continues to be this enigma of all enigmas. It's Julius Randle. And Randle now is going to have to wear it from the Nick Ben. He's not going to like it. It's definitely going to bother him. It bothered him earlier in the year. You go 6-21 from the field. You get into a tussle with Gobert and you get tossed from the game. Fan base is going to let you hear it. They'll let Julius hear it all night tonight. Hey, he signed a hundred plus million dollar contract. That's life in the big city, bro. That's not for you. Go play in uh, New Orleans. Go play in Portland. They'll, they'll welcome you with open arms. They'll give you hugs after games. They'll cheer for you after losses. You're not getting that with the Knickerbockers. So, rough night against the Jazz. Listen, the Jazz are a much better team. And the Knickerbockers maybe win a couple more games. They're playing out the string. See, this is the worst part. You were actually thinking when they're tanking out on the West Coast, maybe I could start positioning for a lottery. No. They'll, they'll be in that classic 8, 9, 10 spot where they basically are every single year. NBA help. NBA purgatory. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, and I, I, I am not losing any sleep over the Nick last night. I can tell you that right now. We have reached the point in the year where, like, stress and the Knickerbockers is done. That probably went out the window, like, right around Martin Luther King Day, if we're being perfectly honest. Like, even when the Knicks had those brutal losses at home and the game, remember the game the Nets they had that awful week? Like, as bad as that was, and the Cam Johnson, the West Coast trip, like, as bad as that was, I'm like, the season is over. The season is over. The season is over. Like, acceptance. Sometimes you need a little acceptance. And I have found that piece of acceptance at the Knicks. So we're going to be working on some fun stuff before the start of the baseball season. I will be in the lab thinking about where I'm ranking the Yankees in the American League East. Over-unders, which I cannot wait to do. And it seems like we'll actually have a pretty good, normal type of year with the over-unders. We'll have some fun with that. Maybe have a couple of special friends participating in the podcast. You never know what may happen. Um, and I can't wait for that opening day pod. That Thursday pod after the Yankees and the Mets, first games back in action. This offseason has felt like a marathon. Oh, so I get ready to run a half marathon. It's not felt like a sprint. Still got guys signing. It's like been a total, total mess. But tournament, right into baseball. How freaking will you? All right. Before we say goodbye, it's had a hell of a tournament. It's backed by popular demand. Jeff Money, the floor is yours. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. I got two plays at the moment, whatever is listed right now. I got one game for Thursday, one game for Friday. I'm eight and three. I got one more game left on the Sunday as we speak, but I'm eight and three so far in uh, tournament. So as far as for Thursday the 24th, I'm going to take uh, Gonzaga minus the eight and a half over Arkansas. And on Friday, I'm going to take Providence plus the seven and a half over Kansas. So again, Thursday, I'm going to take the Zags minus the eight and a half. 
And Friday, I'm going to take Providence plus the seven and a half. And if you do another pod before then, I'll see if I have any more additional games. Okay, JJ, everyone can always follow my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money rolling with the Zags who did not cover on Saturday night against Memphis. Late eight and a half against Arkansas. Arkansas better be much better offensively if they have any chance in that game. That's going to be the narrative to watch. Gonzaga and Arizona were both pushed in the round of 32. Is that their staff for the tournament? Or did those particular matchups expose some flaws in those individual teams? Duke, an underdog, by the way, against Texas Tech. I am shocked by that. That's got to be Ken Palm related. I am shocked by that. So Texas Tech is favored against Duke. Interesting. And then Providence, listen, I'm done. I, if I pick against Providence this Friday and Providence covers and they win, I, I'm done picking against Providence for the rest of the season. Like, I will officially retire my hater badge from the Providence Friars, who will continue to be the, like, the team that drives me to drink, Providence. But watching them against Richmond, that was like, you knew three minutes in the game, I was like, holy moly, that was an idiotic bet. That was an idiotic bet. I mean, I got it back with UCLA, which you like, but you know when a bet is cooked like two or three minutes in. Richmond and Providence was one of those games. So, Jeff Money, you're picking a team that has probably caused me more pain and more agita and more suffering than any other college basketball team this year. So good for you. You couldn't even give me St. Peter's. You couldn't even humor me and give me UCLA. You had to give me Providence. So it's a sensitive subject. You had to get under my skin a little bit. Good for you, Jeff. All right. Fun show. I'm still buzzing, folks. And if I saw you at the Borgata, I was hooting and hollering at the book. was hooting and hollering at the tables. It's a hell of a weekend. Uh, we got to hit some more winners. We got off to a really good start. Sunday was not our best day. We'll get back on that wagon. We'll have a ringer gambling show later this week. Thursday, we'll be back with a New York, New York pod. And I'm sure we'll be back right after these games. I mean, I I, I can't wait to react to all of the, the, the insanity that is March Madness. Oh, and one parting thought. One parting thought. Another quarterback to contend with in the AFC. That was great news to get if you were a Jeff fan. Or like me, a Miami Dolphin fan. Now Deshaun Watson's going to the Cleveland Browns. Wonderful. Couldn't go to New Orleans. Couldn't go to Carolina. So on top of Buffalo and Kansas City and the loaded Chargers now who've had a great offseason and the Broncos and the Titans and the Colts and the Ravens and the Bengals. Now, now you can throw the Browns out of that mix. Bye-bye, Baker Mayfield. Hello, Deshaun Watson. Great. Great. That's uh, fantastic. So when the Jets and the Dolphins are still spinning their wheels. Oh. Never ends. That's how I need something to feel good about. Yankee offseason, AFC, power structure. Not, not pleasant thoughts for me across the board. But I want to be in a better mood. Tournament's on Thursday. Steph, great work. JJ out. Forget everybody. <laughs> 